Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a good show for you this week, Ducks fans. The Ducks have uh, been on a roll, uh, almost winning all four of the games that they played. Uh, we had the uh, Stanley Cup uh, anniversary celebration this week. You got to see the Stanley Cup actually at Honda Center. Uh, a majority of the players on that team were there on hand as well. So we're going to talk about all of that. Um, the Ducks did sign one player to entry-level contract. We'll cover that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about Sam Steele and his 50 goals. And, of course, we'll get to all your fan questions. A lot of questions about the playoffs and, and Bernier and Gibson and what the Ducks need to do going forward. So with that, though, we'll go back to the beginning of the week. Uh, the Ducks uh, hosted Washington. And, uh, Eddie, this was a good game for the Ducks. They had the uh, the Stanley Cup there and the players there, and they came out to play. Uh, Corey Perry got two goals in this game uh, to get the Ducks off to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, Raquel added in with his 29th to, to build that lead 3 nothing. Uh, Washington fought back a little bit. Uh, they had a couple goals in this game, but ultimately the Ducks ended up winning this one. And taking them out five to two, so it was a pretty uh, solid win there, uh, Eddie, for the Ducks. Yeah, you know it's a really good measuring stick too. I mean, this is arguably the best team in the NHL right now, um, and to go out and, and beat them, and, and not just you know to beat them pretty easily too, and, and win this game five two, I think was big for them. Obviously, a, a big game for Perry getting two goals uh, in this one, Raquel getting uh, one one step closer to uh, thirty, and then Getzlaff adding one as well. So I, I mean, it was a, it was a big game for for the Stars in this one. Uh, I think everybody kind of showed up and played a solid effort. Obviously, Bernier uh, played a solid game in this one, too. And I I think this is one of their best games of the year up to date. I I mean, this is a team who had been rolling at this time, and they've been rolling all season. And and to come in and and beat them so easily, I think, was great for the Ducks and their confidence. Yeah, I mean, it was a good game all the way around. I mean, Washington, you know, kind of been struggling lately. You know, they'd been a little bit of a skid. They're still, you know, at 100 points. Uh, fighting it out in the, the ultra-competitive uh, Metropolitan Division. But, you know, the, they're going to already uh, make the playoffs. They've already clinched that spot. So, um, you know, you can't take them lightly no matter what. And, you know, this game they even um, were down a man. Uh, Shattenkirk, who they got the trade deadline, was out because he was suspended. So that may have affected them a little bit on the, the defensive play. But all-around great game. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, the Stars came out for the Ducks. Uh, Kessler finally got his 20th in this game. You know, he was sitting on 19 for a while. It looked like he got it earlier in the game, but then the uh, the Ducks had ended up <coughs> uh, getting uh, Corey Perry credited for the uh, the second goal in this game instead of Kessler. So Kessler got the assist on that one. But uh, all around a good game. Uh, like we said, uh, Gibson had played before in the, uh, the game against St. Louis. And then still wasn't 100%, so uh, Bernier went again in this game. And, and actually, he's going to go in all the games this week that we're going to talk about, even the back-to-back scenario. So, we're, And obviously, a lot of you have some questions about that, so we'll go into more detail on the goalie situation. But this was a good game overall, Eddie, to start off the week. And the Ducks pretty much uh, dominated most of the uh, the categories here, uh, especially the, you know, the penalty minutes. That was a, kind of a key there. Washington kind of got in a lot of trouble in this game. They had uh, 22 penalty minutes. The Ducks only had 10. 
Yeah, and you know, the power play did strike once, uh, but the penalty kill came through and played pretty solid, like it has all season. And it was uh, key for them to to really to to keep it strong in this game. And and you know Washington with Ovechkin and some of the guys they have on on this team, their power play is especially deadly. So for the Ducks to to keep them and, and limit their chances, this one was great. And I think for them to get out to that three nothing lead, especially, was huge. Uh, they played a, a tight first period, and they opened things up in, in the second. And, and, you know, it was nice to see Perry finally get back to playing the way we used to see him play. You know, he made a nice move on the first goal, and, and then the second one's just vintage. He's going to the net, uh, gets a, a slight tip on the puck, and, and, you know, it finds his way past Holtby. So I think it was a, a really big game for, for his confidence. Yeah, it was huge all the way around. And, I mean, he had three goals in that, you know, span of three games. Uh, he's been playing a little bit better. Uh, which is huge, and we talked about that before on the last show. And I think some of the fans out there are even commenting that we, you know, had mentioned, uh, you know, that he needed to pick it up, and you know, he has uh, in a few of these games, and then the next couple ones, he kind of cooled off, but he's still playing better overall. And um, on this homestand, the Ducks, you know, after they took out Washington, then they looked to get some revenge against the Blues, who you know that they lost to uh, just the the week before on the road, and this one was a, a tighter game. Uh, but the Ducks ended up coming out winning this one, Eddie, uh, two to one. Uh, you saw Getzloff score again in this game. He got a nice shorthanded goal, which was actually the game winner in this one. Uh, Raquel got his thirtieth, which was huge for him. Uh, first time uh, seeing him do that. And ultimately, the Ducks, uh, you know, with uh, Bernier and Ned again, they held on in the third period. They had a two nothing lead and then uh, ended up winning this one uh, two to one, Eddie. Yeah, and definitely a tighter game than the game against the Capitals, a more defensive-style uh, game between the Blues and this one. And, you know, they, they really grinded this one out. The penalty kill was strong. Uh, you know, they did have five power play opportunities, and again, the power play struggled to, to get on the board. Obviously, it didn't end up hurting them in this one, but I, I think it was great for them to, to kind of grind out this win after such a big uh, you know, statement win over the the Capitals. The Blues are still a good team. You know, they're fighting for a playoff spot, but you know, they can still pump goals past you on any night. So I think it was great for them to come out and grind this one out. And then for Raquel to hit 30, I think was huge. I know we put out uh, the poll almost a month ago asking people how many he'd score. If it was gonna be 30, 35, 40. I mean, he's got 31 as of now. Um, so you know he could get close to 40 if he continues the role like the way he's been doing lately. So and then obviously Getzlaff, uh, he continues his strong play. He's almost at a point per game now with the two points he had in that game. So for these guys to finally be stepping up at the right time, it's it's huge. Yeah, you mentioned Getzlaff. Getzlaff's been on a tear. I mean, he's had a point in almost every game over the last uh, 10 games. I mean, he's really you know been getting one or two points you know almost automatically each night. So that's been huge for the Ducks as well, as you mentioned. And uh, obviously Raquel's tearing it up. He even gets another goal in the next game that we'll talk about in a minute as well. So he's on a roll. And like you said, um, 35 goals. You know, I mean, 11 games to go shouldn't be a problem. You know, 40. I mean, who knows? I mean, he keeps tearing it up. Even joked about it on Twitter and said that, you know, he and Perry should switch their contracts uh, for the season the way it's been going because Raquel's been the one that's been doing the scoring where, uh, you know, Perry hasn't. I mean, obviously, he's picked it up a little bit. But uh, another good game. Uh, the, you know, I, I liked it the way the Ducks played this game, Eddie, because when they had played against the Blues last time, you know, uh, Shattenkirk, uh, I'm, uh, excuse me, uh, Tarasenko in that game got off to a quick uh, goal. And then they also got that late goal in that game as well. And, you know, it's just a, a rough game that they played, you know, just last week. So it's good to see them come back and, and play a good defensive game and, and take out the Blues. Yeah, you know, they kind of learned from the last game and, and you know, that the, they're a quick team, St. Louis, and they can strike quick. So I, I think it was a great, you know, 
change up in, in their game plan to, to play the Blues. And another strong effort from Bernier, too. I, I mean, he didn't face too many shots in this game. He only faced 27, but he, he only let the one goal by Barbashev past him. And, and you know, he's just been uh, unreal the last few games. And, you know, it's something we worried about when, when Gibby first went down and, and, you know, Bernier was just coming off a stretch of pretty poor play. And the way he's played over the last six games have been unbelievable. And it's been so important to, to the Ducks' recent success. Yeah, and the Ducks, you know, they moved on. They played Buffalo uh, to to finish these three games here uh, this week at home. And, of course, uh, Bernier went in net again. And uh, on St. Patrick's Day, you thought maybe the Ducks would keep rolling and have good luck. And, (laughs) fortunately, the luck goes Buffalo's way in this game. They end up winning this game. Um, The Ducks came out. They got the first goal. uh, Raquel getting his 31st. And, you know, the Ducks played well in the first two periods. You, You thought that they, you know, could have blown this team out. 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. 3-0, 4-0, I mean, they were really on it this game. But uh, Nielsen and Nett uh, came up huge um, for Buffalo. And, you know, the Ducks ended up having to go into overtime. They ended up tied after that. Then they go into the shootout. They end up going 10 rounds in the shootout. They end up losing that. So it's kind of, a, you know, frustrating. I mean, it's good the Ducks got a point. But, I mean, you look at this game, Eddie. You know, the Ducks had 40 shots on net. Uh, they dominated in the faceoff circle with 65%, uh, you know, wins there. Um, the one interesting thing, and, and this is definitely a, a fan question we'll get to too, especially in the next game it comes up, but uh, the Ducks had no power plays in this game. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that Buffalo didn't play that clean of a game. But anyways, the Ducks didn't have any power plays in this one. Um, but still, they could have won and got the two points, but they only uh, ended up getting one, Eddie. Yeah, and it's another game where they get you know over 40 shots and, and they're not able to generate more than a goal or two in a game. And it, it's something that we've seen so often this season. It, it's kind of like the second period thing we've seen in the last few seasons. It's just something you can't really explain as much as is really they're just not getting quality chances. But you know in this game, they, like you said, they weren't able to get a power play, and I think that hurt their chances a bit. They dominated in the first period. They played a solid game throughout the whole game and really they got unlucky in the Sabres goal going in after Ryan O'Reilly's skate you know there wasn't much they could do on that one and then going into the shootout uh, I mean it's a disappointing way to lose I think they deserve the two points in this game uh, but you know to get one it's not awful and, and especially with how tight the race is between uh, Calgary and Edmonton right now you know every point counts yeah i mean definitely the ducks did come away with a point you know they didn't <laughs> lose in regulation um but it was to you know buffalo who hasn't been playing as well as of late so you know a little, a little bit of a downer there on st patrick's day we we're hoping that the ducks would come away and keep rolling with the win and you know the ducks they had no time to rest uh they had to fly out that night they went to san jose played the sharks the next night and even with the back-to-back uh, scenario and Gibson not being 100%, uh, Bernie went in net again. You thought maybe Enroth would come in, but no, he didn't. And the Ducks played great in this game. I, I mean, you know, Patrick Eves scores uh, 39 seconds into it. Uh, the Ducks get uh, a lot of questionable calls uh, in this game that go against them. Uh, it, you know, at the end of the first period, the Sharks ended up with a 5-on-3 power play, and they, they tied it up. Uh, but then Silverberg was able to come away with the uh, breakaway in the second period to make it two to one. That's all the Ducks needed. After that, Bernier just basically shut them down. Um, San Jose even pulling the goal at the end, doing all that they can. You know, they they couldn't come back. And this was a huge game, Eddie, because <clears throat> this game pulled the Ducks within four points of the Sharks. And if, if for those of you that are out there watching the scoreboard, uh, the Sharks just lost to Dallas. So now the Ducks sit 
four points behind San Jose with 11 games to go. And this was the last you know meeting of the regular season. So this was huge for the Ducks to pull out the two-point win in regulation, Eddie. Yeah, and, and it was a really good win in the fact that they're able to withstand the pressure that at the end of the game there. You know, they were able to close out this game uh, against a tough opponent, a four-point game, and to get those two points and, and you know, to get back in, in the race that we really thought San Jose, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, they'd already won it pretty much. And, and now they're only be four points behind with, with ten games to go. You know, there's a possibility. Not that we necessarily want them to win the division again, but... It's almost reminiscent to last year when we thought they were out of it. Uh, the Kings and Sharks looked to be running away with the division. And then all of a sudden, the Ducks come out of nowhere in the, in the end of the season, and, and they grab their fourth division title in a row. And, and they're looking like they might do it again this year. Um, you know, you've got all the pretty much half the games left to, in the regular season for the Ducks are against Pacific Division teams. You've got two against Calgary. You've got two against Edmonton. You've got one against the Kings in there as well. So, uh, I mean... Their fate is in their hands of where they're going to finish. Obviously, there's a little bit uh, of uh, yes, of luck that has to remain in, in San Jose's remaining games, but it, it's a possibility. And, I mean, I'm sure if you ask them, most of them say they don't really care. They just want to make the playoffs. But it's got to be in the, in the back of some of the guys' minds right now. Yeah, and I'm with you, Eddie. And I, we've talked about this before. I mean, we, you know, we've harped on it four years in a row, won the division. We know what's happened. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse on that one. But if they come out and they win the division, you know, great. Um, if not, if they end up in second, you know, I'm not really going to stress out about it. I just want them to keep playing well and stay healthy. Um, but this game did have a little bit of controversy, and that's what uh, some of the fans asked about because, as we saw in this game, uh, Perry ended up getting high sticked. And it was a weird situation, Eddie. Um, you know, we have some fans ask about it. Um, one of them, Khalid, asked, you know, in, in all the years of us watching hockey, whether it's Ducks or not, have we ever seen a ref call a penalty and take it back? Um, yes and no. Uh, there's been times that we've seen refs raise their hand, then they go have a discussion and no calls made. I, I think we've all probably seen that so- at some point during a hockey game. But what made this one interesting, Eddie, was the ref put his hand up and then signaled high stick with both his hands after that and then there was no call so i thought that was interesting we posted the video on uh you know social media when ken french was talking about it with hayward and they were upset rightfully so just like everybody else out there listening if you're a ducks fan you're upset we were upset too so that's that's the you know thing that i noticed eddie i've i've never seen that where they actually hand up and then do the hand you know high sticking motion after the hand up on top of that and then take it back that that was just bizarre to me yeah, it was definitely a weird one. I, I mean, it, it's difficult because of the issues we've seen with the Ducks and penalty disparity this season and and all that, you know, combined into one. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something I haven't seen lately, um, and it's just disappointing. I mean, they did have only have two power plays in this game coming off the Buffalo game where there's so many issues in that game with the refs and obviously having no power plays in that game. And you, if uh, watching the broadcast on TV, Hazy went on a, a little rant at the end of the game talking about how the Ducks are not even close to any other team in, in uh, having the amount of power plays and penalty kills and the disparity between them over the last four seasons. Uh, I, I mean, the, the Ducks over the last four seasons, they've had 111 more penalty kills uh, than power plays. So, I, I mean, take that as you will. Um I, you know, it, it's tough to say that the refs are against the Ducks. There's real no proof to it. The Ducks might just lack discipline, but when you look at the last two games combined, it, it definitely raises the question. Yeah, and that's what one of the other fans, you know, uh, Brandon asked about that. You know, is, is it just 
you know, the refs don't like the Ducks, or is it more of the fans' perspective? I mean, you know, of course, we're going to be a little bit biased towards the Ducks, obviously, and everybody, uh, whatever fan base you are and whoever you root for, you're obviously a little bit biased towards your team, and if not, you know, you're full of it. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line. Of course, you're going to be a little bit biased, but trying to be objective at looking at this, I mean, like you said, Buffalo game, you know, no power plays. I mean, there was, there was the late hit on Silverberg in that game uh, in the third period. I remember I was there. Everybody was pissed. We all saw what happened. He got cross-checked, knocked down with like a little over a minute left and nothing called. So people were pissed off about that. This one, I think, is even more ridiculous just because of the whole ref making the motions and everything. And then, you know, they're even talking about, oh, the Ducks are going to go on the power play. And then, you know, a minute later, like, well, I guess they're just going to go five on five. I mean, so... You know, that was frustrating, especially then because then the Sharks get two, uh, you know, uh, power plays combined five on three at the end of the first period. And one of those two uh, calls was iffy. So it's like, I mean, if you're going to make an iffy call, then why don't you make the serious one? So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, and I, and I think, like you said, looking at the disparity, yeah, there's a disparity there for the Ducks. I mean, 100-something games over four years, but it's not crazy. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't. You know, you don't want to say that's fair because it's been more penalty kills, but it's not an outrageous stat. But definitely, when you see games like this, uh, you have a right to to be a little bit upset. I mean, you you know that refs aren't going to call the penalties both ways evenly every game. That's not their job. They're supposed to call it as is. But uh, for Ducks fans, I do think there have been key moments in certain games uh, over the years where the Ducks, you know, get a little bit slanted on certain calls, Eddie. But again through and they got to play their game and be disciplined too yeah and that's what it comes down to too is is it you know there are games where you look at the refs and you can say okay that's their fault and they miss this call or, or the fact that you know it always bugs me when a team can somehow go through a game and get no penalties and you can pick out certain points in the game where there should have been penalties but it, it does come down to a lack of discipline in, in some sense for the ducks you know if it's if it's happening over so many seasons and and there's such a disparity between penalty kills and power plays you know there has to be an issue of discipline there there's there's no way it's just the refs and the refs just hate the ducks more than they hate any other team you know there there could be an element of that in there and and you know but it it really does come down to discipline and we've seen a lot of dumb penalties by the ducks this season uh, more often than not we you know it 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 hurts them so and when it comes down to it, you got to look at that and you, you got to put say and put the onus on the team over the refs yeah, I agree. And I mean, going into the playoffs, that's something you have to worry about, too. And and that's kind of one of the other questions one of our fans asked about, you know, that <clears throat> Brian asked about the Ducks. You know, uh, it looks like they're blapped down, which, you know, we're pretty sure that they're going to make it. And, you know, looking at them going forward, you know, how are they going to succeed? Obviously, that's one thing. you got to play disciplined hockey and not, you know, worry about the penalties that are called and, and get off your game and get into it with the refs. But what else do you think, Eddie, with this team? I mean, it looks like they're going to end up, you know, uh, first, second or third, somewhere in the Pacific. Um, they could play Calgary, Edmonton. Uh, most likely if they end up in, in those situations, you know, all three of them have been fighting it out, leapfrogging each other back and forth. But what do you think besides uh, playing discipline that the Ducks, you know, need to work on as, you know, the season winds down? You know, I, I think the issue has been pretty much for most of the season for the Ducks is goal scoring and specifically scoring on the power play as well. And that still seems to be the issue for them. I mean, defensively, they're fine. They're fourth in the league in goals against average. They're fourth in penalty kill percentage. But when you go look at the offensive side of it, you know, they're 21st in goals per game. Their power play is 18th in the league. You know, is that good enough to win the Stanley Cup? Possibly. But you're going to win most of those games by one goal and they're going to be tight games. And 
you know, can this team really do that all the way through the playoffs? It's going to be a tough grind to win every game like that. Um, so I think that's what they can improve on. Obviously, you've got to go with the guys you have now. There's not much more firepower they can add to this team other than calling up some guys from the goals and seeing if that makes a difference. But then again, the goals are also about to make a, a playoff push of their own. So we probably won't see some of the guys come up from there. So, you know, the onus comes on, on Perry and, and Eves and Getzlaff and, and Kessler and Silverberg and obviously Raquel, who's been great this season, to get the goals and, and to get this power play going. We have the talent to have a good power play. It's just, you know, it just hasn't clicked for some reason this season. Yeah, I agree with you. All the names that you mentioned, those are the guys that are going to have to carry this team. The, you know, <clears throat> I mean, obviously Raquel's been doing it. Uh, he continues to do so, and, and we're pretty sure that he's going to be fine. But like you said, you got to Getzloff, Perry, Eves, uh, Cogliano, Silverberg, Kessler. Those are the guys that are going to have to carry this team offensively. Uh, obviously, they, they are doing a great job, as you mentioned, defensively. But, yeah, the power play has been a little bit disappointing. It, it was doing well earlier in the season, but now, like you said, it's it's slipped into the bottom half of the league now. So that's another issue um, that you'd like to see get resolved. And as the Ducks go into the playoffs, you know, uh, we mentioned some of the opponents that they would play. And, and Chad asks, who do you uh, prefer that they play uh, specifically in the first round? So if you're looking at it now, as we talked about earlier, the Ducks are four points behind San Jose. They, they could catch them, maybe not. But <clears throat> it looks like the Ducks are going to end up first, second, or third. It, regardless of the end up in one of those positions, with the way that, you know, the wild cards are all looking right now, it, it looks like the Ducks would play Calgary or Edmonton most likely in that scenario because if the Ducks end up first it looks like San Jose would then be in second they still got Calgary and Edmonton third and fourth so I don't really care though Eddie I I I mean if they're going to play Calgary we all know about the story of the Ducks you know killing them for like the last you know 500 years at Honda Center Um, not to take any way away from Calgary because they've been on fire lately and been winning almost every night but I'm confident the Ducks can take out the Flames. I'm confident that they can take out Edmonton. So I'm not really wishing that they play anybody. I just want them, as we talked about, stay healthy, get the offense a little bit more going, and go from there. But what do, what do you think about first-round opponents? Yeah, I think you know you just kind of want to avoid falling into that wild-card spot. Um, I think they stand a better chance of playing Calgary and Edmonton. They are still tough opponents, but like you said, um, you know a lot of Calgary's uh, success has come in their last, you know, ten or fifteen games, and you know it, there is something to say with the team getting hot at the right time. But you look at the Philadelphia Flyers early on in this season; you know they had won, uh, I believe, at least ten games in a row, and then they cooled off, and now they're sitting outside the playoffs, and they're most likely not going to make it. And there's a, and I think Calgary is similar in that aspect. Yeah, I think they're a better team than Philadelphia, but I don't think they're as good as they have been lately. Their goaltending is still suspect. And I think there's a time where they're going to revert back to how they were earlier in this season. They're going to struggle. And I think that could come, you know, in the first round. It could come before that. could come later on. But it's eventually going to happen with them. And, you know, I wouldn't mind playing them in the first round. Um, And then, you know, look at the Edmonton Oilers as well. I mean, it's a tough team. We've obviously got Connor McDavid. uh, But the Ducks play them well. Kessler does a good job of shutting down McDavid. And I think either of those are a more favorable ma- matchup than, say, falling in the wild card spot and playing San Jose or falling even lower and possibly playing the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round. So I think uh, I think if you're the Ducks, you want to, like you said, go and try and finish second or first in the Pacific and, and get that home ice advantage in the first round. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Get the home ice advantage. Play one of those uh, Canadian teams and, and, and don't end up you know playing San Jose in the first round or, or Chicago because I agree. If you're going to play one of those two, it's going to be a much, much tougher series. Not that Edmonton and Calgary are slouches either, but I'm just, you know, looking at the, you know, the history and the way the matchups have gone before. So I think you're right. I think the Ducks would be better off in that situation. Uh, you know, another big concern with a lot of people, and we have a lot of questions on this, is about Gibson and Bernier and, and you know, Gibson's uh, injury. Obviously, he uh, came back. We thought he was fine. Then he went back out after that one game against uh, St. Louis. So now all the questions are, you know, what do we do with the goalie situation? Because if you look at <clears throat> Bernier lately, and, yeah, I mean, he's he's been on fire. I mean, he's won five of his last six games. Could have easily won that game in Buffalo. Goals against is 1.33 over that span. Save percentage, 9.58. I mean, it's pretty damn good. He was even named the second star uh, in one of the recent weeks as well. So he's been tearing it up. Um, of course, the Ducks' defense has also been playing well, whether we've seen Holzer in there, we've seen Montour in there, we've seen you know a little bit of shift of, uh, not much, but a little bit of some of the defensive players. But either way, the Ducks you know, have been playing these games, these close games, these one-goal games, as we talked about in the last couple of weeks. A uh, majority have been of that variety. So <clears throat> we have just tons of questions, but we'll kind of wrap them all together, I guess. And the biggest concern amongst everybody, Eddie, is... Uh, I guess A is, you know, will Gibson come back before the playoffs? That we think will happen. I mean, we did see it happen last week and then he, you know, went out. But we do think he should come back before the playoffs. But I guess the, the bigger question is, is do you ride Bernier the rest of the season? Or do you put in Gibson for some of those games? Uh, do you split it? You know, like what's the strategy going forward uh, if Gibson says, okay, I'm good to go. I'm ready to come back. But yet you have Bernier here just tearing it up left and right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me it's an easy answer here. I, I think Gibson is your number one no matter what. Uh, I mean, Bernier's been great, and, and there's no question about it. He's been one of the best goalies over his last six games, and, he, and he's been a you know a key reason why the Ducks have been so good lately. But I don't think that warrants him a start in the playoffs. I mean, he's the backup goalie. Gibson is the starter. I, I you know I don't think Gibson going down and getting hurt really changes that. I mean, obviously, if he's not ready to go. You know, if he if for some reason he he comes back and he he has you know no games, uh, he doesn't get a game in before the end of the regular season, then possibly we see Bernier start. But you know, barring any of that, I, I think Gibby has to be the number one going into the playoffs. I mean, he you know, we kept him over Freddie. He's been slated in as number one all season. He's been you know consistently good over all the, the whole season as well, leading up to his injury. So I think you know for me, there's no question he has to be the starter going into the playoffs. So for you, you don't see any kind of goalie controversy here. If Gibson comes back and he's 100%, you think that Carlisle will just go with Gibson and just ride him from that point on? I think he has to. Uh, I, I mean, you know, there, there, there's a reason why, again, the Ducks kept Gibson. Uh, I mean, you keep Freddie, he's your number one. You keep Gibson, he's your number one. And you bring in Bernier as your backup. I, I don't think it's a, a situation we can kind of say, oh, one if one guy's playing better, we have to play him. You know, you look at... LA, you know, they picked up Bishop and it's a little bit different situation there. If they were to make the playoffs, you'd say, oh, well, both of these guys are starters. You know, Bernier has been good, but let's remember how he played earlier on in the season as well. He's been bad at times early on in the season. And I think, you know, you got to go with the guy who you slated as your number one and who's been consistently good all season. And I think that has to be Gibby. So, no, I, I don't really see a goalie controversy, but you never know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit. This is a tough one for me, Eddie. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and and you know, Gibson is the guy. You picked him over Freddie. He's the one that you want to go with. I'm just concerned that if he's not 100, percent that's that's my thing. I guess that's what my decision would rely on. If Gibson says, you know, I'm ready to go, and you know, I'm 80 percent or 90 percent or something like that, uh, I think that's a tough decision. Then for me, I would kind of go, well, I might lean more towards Bernier. Now, if Gibson comes back and he is 100% and there is no issue, then I, I, I think I would agree with you more. I think I would go, okay, Gibson's going to come back. He's going to start, do his thing, uh, you know, of course, unless he has a terrible game or something like that. So I think it is tough. I, I like the way Bernie has been playing, but not to take anything away from him, the Ducks' defense has also been playing well in front of him like they were playing in front of Gibson. So... I think that's something you have to factor in too, Eddie, is the way that the team defense has been playing in the last, you know, two, three weeks. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, this is the fourth best defense uh, in the NHL, and we've seen this in the case with other goalies in the past and different teams, especially with Bernier too when he used to be with the Kings. Uh, I mean, goalies can look a lot better behind a, a very good defense, and that's not to, you know, throw away what Bernier's done over the last six games. He has been great, um, but uh, I mean, I just don't see any situation where, you know, he comes in and all of a sudden he starts unless Gibby isn't healthy. And from what we can gather and, and you know, hopefully it, they, it still says day-to-day for Gibson uh, with 10 games remaining. You would hope that he can get back in and get at least a couple games under his belt. And if he can do that, I think he has to start come the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and like you were talking about, my thing is is if he's not 100%, and yeah. if that lower body injury, which we suspect what it is, we're not 100% sure, and, and we're not going to adventure that way. I don't want to get a phone call from anybody, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say. But you can you can all out there pretty much uh, you know take a guess as to what that lower body injury is, wink, wink. So anyways, with that situation, I think that's the problem because we saw what happened with Quick. Quick was out for all that time, all the issues that went on there. They had Budai come in, and then, of course, they they tossed him to the Wolves because they thought, oh, we'll get Bishop, and, and now the Kings look like they're not even going to make the playoffs. You know, So the way that they're going, um, you know, we may be seeing a, a Bishop sweepstakes uh, coming up <laughs> rather quickly, uh, maybe sooner than we thought. But um, back to with the Ducks situation, I, I think that's the key is – if Gibson can't get 100%, then I think you're going to have to. I, I would go with Bernier. I mean, that that's my situation. Uh, you know, it's the way. I mean, if that is the situation, that's what I would go with. But I agree with you. If he, if Gibson comes back as 100%, I think Carlisle does go with Gibson because, like you said, that's the, the guy that the organization went with. Um, and we've gone over that all because of, you know, the draft, the money, all that other stuff. You guys all have heard that a bazillion times. But I think that's where it's at. And the biggest thing is just monitoring Gibson's health over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, if Bernier keeps rolling and Gibson isn't 100%, then I, then I wouldn't be surprised if he is the guy to start come playoff time. But, you know, at least from what they're saying, it doesn't seem like Gibson's going to be out for a while. But on the flip side of that, too, they try to bring him back and kind of backfired. So, you know, with the way Bernier's playing, and, and Carlo said he doesn't have any fear playing him, they may play him a majority of the rest of these games, Eddie. Yeah, and, and you, you know you got to look at it too. It's not necessarily the worst situation either right now. I, I mean, the fact that Bernier is playing well and has put you in this situation. I mean, you arguably got two guys who who should be uh, playing really well and consistently well going into the playoffs, and that's never a bad thing to have. Um, you know, 
we've dealt with over the last few seasons with Freddie and Gibby and, and saying it's never a bad thing to have two guys who can and come out and, and play a solid game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, we mentioned this multiple times already. It really does come down to how healthy Gibby is and, and how close you know, he's ready to go uh, with how many games remaining in the in the regular season, I, you know, realistically, we'd like him to get a couple games in before um, playoff start. But we've seen Freddie uh, play one game, I believe it was last year, uh, against Washington, and then he comes in and he starts in the in the playoffs as well. So I, I mean, you never know. I I mean, we all hope. I I personally hope that Gibby's ready to go. Uh, but again, we'll have to wait and see. And and you know, I I'm glad that they're letting him sit out this time and make sure he's 100% healthy. Yeah, and that's the other issue, too, is if you can play Bernie a couple extra games here the next couple weeks before the playoffs, <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about. We've got big games coming up. You know, we're playing Edmonton this week. Um, you got Winnipeg and New York. We'll talk about those games as well. But then, you know, obviously Calgary, the Kings, you've got some other, you know, uh, bigger games uh, in the division still to go. So that's, you know, something to take in consideration, too. Uh, as the Ducks go forward with the uh, you know the season winding down as far as in between the pipes, um, the other issue too, and, and we get this you know for a few people too, different questions is about Perry, and you know Darren talks about Perry, how he scored some goals recently, uh, and he and he says you know how far do you think the Ducks can make it now that Perry has started to pick it up a little bit, you know he's he's gotten three goals in the last week or so, uh, when he hadn't had a whole bunch for a while, and. I mean, you and I talked about this. I, I think he's a huge factor. I mean, I think the goalie situation is a huge factor now, determining with uh, Gibson and, and, and Bernier. We already kind of beat that dead horse. But um, the issue now uh, is the Ducks scoring on offense. And you've talked about it as far as the, you know all these different players. But I think Perry is a huge key. If Perry gets hot like he did a couple seasons ago, and you remember the Ducks went to the Western Conference Final and came up one game short, he was leading the way, uh, you know, that playoff, really doing great, uh, where the other years he he wasn't. So if Perry gets more in a role and starts scoring goals, Eddie, I, I really think, uh, and, and given, you know, the rest of the team stays healthy, I think the Ducks can at least get to the second round, if not the Western Conference Final. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they look a little bit, Better than we we would have expected with them adding nobody at the deadline. Eves has been pretty good for them, and and yeah, if Perry can stay consistently hot over the next week or so and into the playoffs, I think they're good to go. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are playing really well right now. Getzlaff is playing great. Raquel is obviously playing really good. His goal scoring has been consistent over the last week, or at least actually over the last month. So I mean. Yeah, I you know we've heard it before from from pretty much everybody. If the the Duck Stars can consistently play well, they can beat anybody. You know, if Kessler is on his game, if Gatslaps on his game, Perry's on his game, Raquel's on his game. Uh, I mean, this is a, a team that can challenge anyone. And if you can get go- good goaltending to back that up, I think they could make a push to, to the Western Conference Final and and possibly the Stanley Cup. But I you know I still kind of stand where we've been all season. Is I still think they're one piece short of being a solid contender, but once you make it into the playoffs, really anything can happen. Yeah, and we've seen that before with other teams that we don't want to mention, but, <laughs> you know, it's happened before. So the Ducks could do it too, and like we said, they're they're playing pretty good right now. You know, you got to feel good. They've been winning these games. Yeah, they've been close games for the most part, but those are the type of games you and I talked about are going to happen in the playoffs. You know, you don't see 5-1, 5-2 type games in the playoffs. I mean, you do, but it's not as much as the 2-1, to one, the one nothing, the 3-2 to two type games. So Ducks keep winning these close ones, and that's huge. I mean, they're, they're like kind of in that mode 
already. And you, you can tell with the defense, they're, they've been playing pretty good. There have been, you know, a few periods here or there where the other team has kind of got a little bit of a step maybe, uh, you know, like we saw in that San Jose game in the, the third period there. They really tried to push, but the Ducks didn't bend at all. Um, you know, they, they kept it together and they won that game. So um, it, it's a big key. And, you know, like you said, uh, gets off some playing better. You know, he got his 800th career point in that game against San Jose. Uh, we saw uh, Cognano play his 776th consecutive game, uh, which also Carlisle was his uh, uh, coaching uh, games as well that matched that, the same number. So you've seen some some milestones here with some of the players and the coaches and stuff. So there's a lot of momentum with this team right now, and it's good. Um, like we said, I think the only issue is, is Gibson's health going forward, but the rest of the team is looking pretty good, Eddie, as, as they come up to the uh, playoffs here. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want a team going in playing well. Uh, and, you know, the Ducks over the last six games have been really good, and they've played some quality opposition. You know, they played the Blues, the Sharks, uh, the, the Capitals, and, and they've won all those games, and, and they've played some tight hockey games against the Blues and the Sharks, and they've been able to battle them out and, and win them, and that's how they're going to have to play in the playoffs. I mean, this isn't a team who's going to light the lamp. Even if Perry and everybody does get hot, I, I don't think this is a team who's going to score a lot of goals, and there's a reason they're sitting 21st in goals per game, but... You know, if they're going to make it far, they're going to have to win a lot of one-goal games, possibly go into overtime and win games in overtime, and, you know, maybe win a Game 7 this year. I mean, that's the way it's going to have to go for them. And, and I think if they can play the style of hockey they've been playing late, I think they could make a push. Uh, I think they're a good enough team to win, uh, to beat almost any team in, in a best-of-seven series right now, If, like I said, if everybody's playing um, at their top level. So... Um, I think, you know, these next 10 games are going to be important to, to how, you know, they, if they can get off the block running in the playoffs, I think they got to continue playing consistently well. Um, and, and I, again, it comes down to the fact that I think they have to finish one or two in the Pacific division and get that home ice advantage. Cause this team is a lot, lot better team at home than they are on the road. Yeah. And you know, and you, and you talked about seven game series and the teams they got to play, like you said, the ducks have 10 games to go. The uh, the next team up is Edmonton, who by the way just beat Los Angeles two nothing. So Edmonton is now uh, right there with the Ducks in terms of points, uh, fighting it out in the Pacific. They both have eighty seven. Calgary has eighty six, and the Kings are sitting there at seventy five, trying to chase St. Louis, who's six up on them. So that's what it's looking like. The Ducks are going to play Edmonton this week on Wednesday, so that's going to be a big game. I uh, you know I think it's one that the Ducks can win. Uh, then they have Winnipeg after that, which Winnipeg's, you know, more or less barely, barely hanging on to try and even make the playoffs, but it's more of a, you know, Buffalo type game. Uh, but the Ducks, again, you got to, you know, any night, and we've talked about this, so they got to play a solid game against Winnipeg. And then uh, come the weekend, they have a much tougher opponent, obviously, the New York Rangers, who are battling it out, as we talked about, in the ultra competitive Metro division with Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh, all there fighting it out for the top four spots. Um, so this week's going to be some tests. I, I think, uh, you know, Edmonton is a game that they should, they should win. Uh, Winnipeg is definitely one that they should win, knock on wood. And then New York may be the tougher one there. But I think out of these next three, Eddie, the Ducks should be able to pull out at least, you know, two wins out of these three games. Yeah, and the big one is against the Oilers. I mean, it's uh, it might not be the hardest game of the week. I think the Rangers is going to be a tough task for them, but... The most important game by far is the game against the Oilers. It's a four-point game. The Oilers, I believe they won tonight, so that puts them a level on points with the Ducks heading into this game on Wednesday. 
Um, and, you know, they're tied on regulation overtime wins, and they're relatively even uh, on almost every tiebreaker. So, I, I mean, it's going to come down to points between these two teams, and I think this is a huge game for them. Obviously, they play the Oilers again uh, before the end of the season, and, you know, these games are big. Uh, it's an understatement saying that. I mean, the, the Sharks' four-point game, that was a huge win, uh, and, and playing the Oilers twice before the end of the season and the Flames twice before the end of the season, you know, they hold their their own fate, and, and if they're going to be able to finish second in this division, and I think it, it all starts on Wednesday with that big game, and I think obviously being at home is a huge advantage for them, and and having this little mini homestand, three game homestand for them over this week is going to be big, and and it's going to be an advantage again playing Winnipeg there as well, and then finishing it out with the Rangers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is going to be big, and like you said, that you know they're going to play Calgary a couple of times, the Kings, Edmonton again. You have more Pacific Division games coming up in the final week, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. The Ducks, uh, you know, look looking good. Uh, they're right there fighting it out now. They're right behind San Jose, as we talked about. They lost uh, earlier, um, so the Ducks are uh, you know both at ten games to go, four points behind. So we'll see what happens there. Um, some other news too about the team, Eddie. Uh, we got to talk about Sam Steele. Uh, this guy has just been tearing it up. Fifty goals in the WHL. I mean, just going nuts. One hundred thirty-one points in sixty-six games, Eddie. Craziness. Yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't only lead the WHL in points; he leads the entire Canadian Hockey League in points, which is, uh, I mean, it, it's just amazing. With so you look at some of the players in the league. Obviously, there are players like Dylan Strom who didn't get to play a full season, but. Um, you know, he does sit third in points per game in the entire in, in the entire Canadian Hockey League, only behind Dylan Strome and and uh, Alex Debrinket for Erie. Um, it's just an amazing accomplishment. I, I mean, it's great to see the a Ducks player get it. You look at some of the past guys who, who've won this award. Marner won it last year uh, for the, at least for the CHL award. You know, all all fingers point to to Steele winning it as well because he does lead the CHL in points. Uh, it's just great, and I think the big thing for him too is the fact that you know we knew he was a playmaker, we knew he was a creative guy on the ice, but the fact that he's got 50 goals this season—I mean, he's only one of seven guys in the entire Canadian Hockey League who've gotten to 50 goals this season. You know, it's a huge step for him to get that goal-scoring ability under his belt, and it really makes him a more dynamic player and, and, and you know a, a real steal. Uh, to not really, <laughs> I mean, pun intended, I guess, but a real steal getting him uh, 30th overall in, in the first round. And, and, I mean, he's really the only remaining piece from the Freddie Anderson trade, obviously with that second-round pick most likely going uh, for, for Eves at the trade deadline. So I, I think it's great. I mean, what he's been able to do this season for Regina and the WHL has been great. They're going to make a, a, a push for the Memorial Cup. They host it next year. So, I, I mean, I don't see him making the Ducks next year unless he wows. So he'll be back with them again next year to put on and hopefully an even better season. So it's just great to see him do so well. I mean, a little bit of a surprise, especially where he was drafted. Yeah, maybe the Ducks could just call him up for the playoffs, huh, Eddie? Maybe that, that'll be the <laughs> extra piece you were talking they about. definitely <laughs> use it, yeah. <laughs> we'll just uh, bring him up, okay? No, but uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, Sam Steele, and then obviously, uh, you know, Max Jones, too, has been doing well. Uh, you know, he had some injury issues here and there, but, you know, looking good for the Ducks in the future um, with these guys coming up, uh, tearing it up. Uh, you know, that's going to help the Ducks definitely in, in seasons to come. And the Ducks actually made another move, too, today, Eddie, uh, kind of a minor one, but uh, they signed Mitch Holtz to a two year uh, entry level contract. Um, you know, he has uh, 54 points. 
uh, in two seasons, uh, 76 games with the uh, Lake Superior State team. So it's another guy that, uh, you know, obviously is an entry-level contract, um, not one that's been, you know, as much on everybody's radar, but another player coming up to look, you know, for in the next couple seasons. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the time of year we see a lot of uh, overage college guys come out and, and sign for pro hockey. So, uh, I mean, it's good signing for them. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't really know about, uh, much about them. I, I believe they also signed Ortega uh, to a uh, pro tryout today as well. So they had a couple, two, uh, two guys, only one officially obviously signed the entry-level contract in, in Holtz. But, you know, it, it's it's good to see. You know, he's a big guy. Uh, another, it's good for the Ducks to add to center depth. He he seems to be uh, you know, good in faceoffs. Has a faceoff win percentage of fifty four point five at college hockey. And obviously, that doesn't necessarily translate over. But uh, the Ducks are are definitely going to need up to to build up on center depth with uh, Getzlaff and Kessler getting up there in years. So it's 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 a good signing, I think. You know, I don't know exactly what he's going to be able to do for the Ducks in the future. I don't know exactly if he pro- what he will project as either being a top six, top nine, bottom six type of guy. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see you know, how he develops in the next coming years. Yeah, and I mean, it just goes with the theme. You know, it's exciting with this Ducks team to see, you know, the players that keep coming up and developing, uh, you know, through the systems, uh, obviously with the goals, and then in the other leagues, you know, the uh, WHL, OHL, et cetera. So just some things to keep, you know, uh, on the back burner, some names to tuck away and, uh, you know, keep watching over the next couple of seasons as the uh, the Ducks keep trying to groom younger players to come up. As you said, we've got some guys, uh, some aging veterans that, uh, you know, don't have, you know, a lot of seasons left. They still have some seasons, but got to see some of these young guys come up, and it's going to be exciting. And uh, uh, one other thing just to mention, too, is that we're going to have another watch party coming up on March 30th at El Ranchito in Orange. Uh, we had uh, Phil Hewitt there the last one. Um, he was helping do some of the giveaways and whatnot. It was pretty entertaining, but we had some good prizes, too, that we gave away. And, uh, you know, if you can make it out there, uh, please come and hang out and we'll have a good time. And uh, also check out the shirts, uh, tpnhockey.com. We've had different sales on and off. Uh, We sold a lot of the uh, uh, Sharks choking shirts. Uh, I don't know why, Eddie, but (laughs) we sold a lot of those. Uh, The Sharks social media, um, you know, I don't know why they, they wanted to point out that they were in first place over the Ducks still after that loss. But uh, I don't know what they're thinking, but, uh, you know, I definitely tweeted them that T-shirt logo just to remind them, you know, that uh, maybe they would want to win a cup first before talking <laughs> some trash. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of doing the whole thing like that. But you know what? If you're going to try and bag on a team and, and, and say, wow, you're in first place. I mean, OK, whatever. So anyways, if you want to buy that shirt, there's still more of them. We had a, a, several batches more <laughs> made because that's been like the most popular shirt. Uh, of the softer material as well because i know a lot of you guys like that so and girls so it's on there check it out we'll be back in a week hopefully the ducks keep rolling and uh, thanks for listening thanks for your fan questions and let's go ducks